This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. How, how could I process that there are 37 perfect or five, uh, 37 brackets that actually had all four teams in the final four? There is no chance that 37 human beings selected those four teams into the final four. I can only assume bots or it's a lie. AG, <laughs> we had Dusty May on my show this morning. And, you know, we're going through the list of questions. And I found myself at this point where I just had to ask him. I said, Dusty, you know, he's a head coach, obviously, mm-hmm. of FAU. And, you know, they're called the, the Beach Boys. And <laughs> that's something that they use as motivation because they're just kids, you know, yeah. from Boca Raton that can shoot. And uh, I said, have you pinched yourself yet? Who the hell in the right <laughs> frame of mind at the beginning of the year would you think was sane if they told you, yeah, Florida Atlantic University is going to be in the final four. Or imagine this, Adam, FAU will have a chance to win a national championship. Nobody who ever goes to FAU would have ever thought <laughs> they would ever in their lives ever. They would have bet that they would have bet a billion dollars yeah. on it, that they would have a chance to play for the national championship. But yet here we are on the eve of the final four in Houston and Florida Atlantic University is going to be in the Final Four against San Diego State. And one of those teams will be playing for a national championship. Like if you had told me that San Diego State might win a title, I would have thought, well, maybe, you know, with Kawhi Leonard. But no, it, it's, not, it's not Kawhi Leonard. So here's, my, um, here's my, my, my question about this is basically why. So there are a lot of theories uh, that – you know, people have thrown out, they're talking about NIL or the transfer portal. And those are, are uh, those are impactful. But aren't we seeing basically that older teams do better in this tournament? Since 2012, we've had two teams primarily relying on young players win titles. Just two. Kentucky in 12 and Duke in 15. And even those teams had veterans really sprinkled in. It's, it's I mean, older players. Look at Duke with Nolan Smith and, and those guys in 2015 who are older. I, you know, to me, it's about teams who have an understanding of who they are. And I know, Adam, when people hear me say that line, it sounds like a cliche. But from a person who's had three years, in the, in the, three years of experience in the NCAA tournament as a number one seed, my freshman year, we got punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. We, we had no idea or no experience in how to react in a one-and-done scenario when you're playing from behind, right. right? Or how to chip away at leads or how to entrust that, yeah, if a player misses a shot or two, keep going back to him. Or, hey, let's not try to get outside of ourselves. Let's stay within how we play and chip away at this lead that this team has. And my sophomore year, we were so much more prepared that even in games that we were down double digits – we knew that we couldn't get it back in, another cliche, one possession, right? right? It was a matter of let's keep chipping away and understand if we win these four game segments in the NCAA tournament uh, games that we'll have a better chance of winning. So I, I think that composure, that understanding about let's go back to things that we know will work. Like, you know, how many times, Adam, have you watched the game? I'll tell you the difference between an older and a younger team. I watch games all the time, and when I see a set work, right, the old man in me, my sophomore year is like, oh, run it again, and then run it again. 
and then run it again. I will get seven or eight possessions of the same set if you can't stop it, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you'll see younger teams try something else (laughs) other than something that's worked, and you're like, why are you going away from the thing that's worked? Stay with it. Make them stop you. And those are the subtle differences between teams that find themselves in the Final Four and teams that find themselves on the outside looking in. It's interesting, just as a kind of to piggyback on that, and it wasn't the greatest era of NC State basketball, but when Sidney Lowe was coaching, because uh, his background as a coach was all as a pro and designing plays coming out of timeouts and whatever, they ran the same play in a, in the first half at a game at Carolina. And they, they ended up losing the game, but they were in it. They ran the same play like 12 times in a row, the exact same set, and UNC never stopped it. They didn't always make the shot, but they, that understanding of this is we're going to do this until they do something about it, and you're right, we don't, uh, we don't see a lot of that. I want to ask you about Charles Barkley versus Kevin Durant uh, because this is, I don't know, the, the, like I – tend to agree a lot with this type of uh, mindset of Barkley is that KD is a little bit too sensitive to what people say about him. Um, But I don't think Charles was necessarily wrong. He probably said it in too harsh a manner. He could have easily said, hey, I think if Kevin Durant uh, hears stuff like that, he should probably just he'd be better served just to let it roll off his back rather than criticize him for being too sensitive. What did, what was your take on that? Well, there, there are two separate issues here. One is on Kevin Durant, which I, I do wonder if we were to go back in the past 25 years and athletes back then had access to social media and they got bombarded with articles or other talking heads that got amplified on their opinions about their individual play or things that happened off the court if they would have the need to fight back and to post things in, in rebuttal of those comments, which I most definitely think would have occurred. So that's one. Um, the other aspect of this is where he said it's a generational thing. And that's what I literally just addressed on first take. Mm-hmm. I said, so let me give you a couple of generational uh, sensitivities. Uh, number one, um, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you don't think uh, he was sensitive to how things got played out with <laughs> USA basketball? Right. <laughs> you don't you don't think that was sensitive? He's one of the toughest players the game of basketball has ever seen. He's back from that generation. I'll give you another one, which is literally, Adam, a mic drop here, okay? The toughest player of all time, the greatest player of all time, the player that can play through the flu, the player that can play through his father's death, the player that can win in NBA championships against all odds, no longer talks to Uncle Chuck because he took the criticism that Charles gave him about his own team, the Charlotte Hornets, right. which he has not done a great job of owning or managing, right? Nice. So like, here are two prime examples of two of the toughest mental players ever to play the game of basketball who were sensitive. So it's not a generational thing. It's a player thing, Adam. Yeah. We're all sensitive. You don't think I had articles posted up on top of my bed about negative things that people said about me? so that I couldn't become a better player? You think I ever cared when I got one National Player of the Year award after my sophomore year? I came back to school because I was pissed off that I didn't win them all, right. okay? Like, so you find things to be angry at 
because that what that's what inspires you to get your ass back in the gym and work harder. That's how all athletes are built. It's not a generational thing. It's how we're built in general. Jay Williams from ESPN. Jay Will, Keyshawn, Max in the morning. And first take today. People don't even understand. Uh, Jay, Jay has to go back on the air. Uh, I like the uh, I like the maroon jacket over the uh, over, over the gray uh, over the gray shirt uh, crew neck. Very nice, good look. I don't know if that was already just kind of hanging out there at the station, or you brought that from home. Um, Caleb <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Love announced oh, that he goodness. was going into the uh, transfer portal uh, yesterday. Not surprised. Uh, it almost feels like everything was dumped on Caleb this year. I feel bad for the kid. Uh, he has he had great moments last year. I wouldn't say he had a great year, but he had great moments at big times, and it never really worked for him this year. Uh, take me inside of his head if you if, if you can. Uh, Baycott's back, Davis is back, and Caleb is out the door. Well, I've been hearing a lot about how R.J. Davis and, and Caleb Love didn't really connect. Right. There were, I think, some deeper challenges there, which sometimes you felt that disconnection on the court, frankly, uh, just because, you you know, they, they hit lightning in the bottle last year. They did. But I, I'm going to say this, Adam, and it, it's a bigger sign of where we are in college basketball in general. Think about this for a second. Adam Golden studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. When the hell did you ever think the leading shot taker, the leading scorer for the University of North Carolina, after getting to a national championship game two years ago, would transfer out of the school? Like, when, when would you ever think that would happen? Yeah. At, not, not in a million years, Adam. At North Carolina, wait, you get more shots than anybody? Wait, you score more points than anybody? You have the green light at North Carolina and you leave that situation? That is a sign that is reflective of the times that we are in right now about transfer portal, NIL, and, and frankly, I know it's hard to play in the spotlight. Adam, I did it. My sophomore year, I won a championship. I had to come back. I came back my junior year because I decided to come back. I dealt with the pressure of every time we lost. That loss was on me. It is not easy. But damn, pressure makes diamonds. And one of the things that sometimes I want to see is people who are willing to fight through it. Now, I understand there's some deeper issues there. But I never thought I would see that at North Carolina happen where a player who has received so much success and had that green light, decided to leave the school. It's uh, crazy times we're in right now. All right, final thing, and you can be quick because I know you got to go back on TV and say hi to J.J. Reddick for us. Uh, who you got it. Uh, I don't know. He, he ignores us now. It's fine. Um, I'm just kidding. Jeremy Roach. No, you're not. No, you're not. Sort of. <laughs> um, it's okay. Uh, Jeremy, I, I love J.J., and he's, I think he does an awesome job on uh, on NBA stuff as well. He's really good, yeah. Um. Jeremy Roach, uh, we have Tyrese Proctor back. Uh, 
I, I think I don't know that they've announced yet. Kyle Filipowski. I my guess is that he is going to come back. Mark Mitchell. Uh, Duke has two pretty good guards, two top thirty guards coming in. Uh, what is the move for Jeremy Roach? I mean, if I'm Jeremy Roach, I'm coming back to school. Um, I, I wouldn't mind if he were to test the waters. I think it's a great experience for anybody. Go through the combine, train, uh, see how it is to be a pro. But I think there's more for Jeremy Roach to gain, to come back, uh, to potentially get to a Final Four, to build up his stock. I mean, him and Tyrese Proctor together next year should be the best backcourt in the country with McCarron and, and uh, you know, the other kid they have coming in last night who won a slam dunk contest. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I don't know the name. Um, but I, I think it will be absolutely loaded. I, I think for Jeremy, I love his skill level. Uh, I think he's a little bit undersized. I think his game still needs to mature. And I think for a player of his caliber, seasoning is so important. Uh, understanding time and situation and really mastering uh, the feel of the game. Because at the next level, that's where he's going to have to fit in. You know, Jalen Rose told me one of the best pieces of advice my, my rookie year. He said, you know, Jay, sometimes within the course of a game, you just have to get in where you fit in. And I think for Jeremy Roach, who can be one hell of a college basketball player, be uh, first-team All-American, I think going to the pros, I look at him as more as a guy that maybe right now comes off the bench, a guy that can fill certain roles on an NBA team. And I think there's a sense of experience and security that comes along with mastering your craft at the point guard position in order to do that at the college level. So, uh, look, I hope he comes back, too, because I can't I can't even close my eyes and see Jeremy Roach playing in another college uniform. Uh, I'm not sure the NBA is for him at this point. So we'll hopefully he will come back and, you know, have a, a leader mentorship t- type of type of a role as well as be impactful on the court. Uh, and as we say goodbye and you can go back to TV, um, you can pick your final four now. <laughs> I finally can. Now we got here. Let's go. I'll go. FAU, San Diego State. Uh, yeah, let's just leave it there. Yeah, I, I, I like that side of the bracket. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.